With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Great I am and we can start. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't worry, that just got recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Did it really? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers to you guys. Where's my drink? There we go. Uh-oh. All right. Cheers. 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 Imaginary clink. Imaginary clink. This table. Well, you're listening to Fueled by the Outdoors. He's your host, Rick, <laughs> Rick Cates, and I'm your other host, Chris Leppert. We're gonna we're gonna do it different this time, guys. That's right. And I'm, we're joined tonight by <laughs> Josh Luck. Josh Luck. <laughs> Frequent, frequent uh, podcast guest. Yep. Do you get miles for showing up on our <laughs> podcast? I should. I should get like frequent flyer miles. What is this? Your third one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yep. like trying to challenge some people. The only one who's had more is Matt, right? Amrine. Yeah. 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 Maybe you guys are tied. We're yeah. He's uh, he's been uh, he he's been on twice at least. Oh, he's been on more than that. Yeah, he was on the one with Josh House. He was on the one that we did of the, uh, it's not the size of the parcel. And then he was on the pronghorn hunt one. Yeah. And I feel like he was on one more. You're not in the four-timers club yet. No, it's a special club. (laughs) There's only one person in it. That's right. Although I feel like, how many times have we had your dad on here? Twice or three? Twice. Twice. Twice Twice or three? Yep. (laughs) He's been on twice. Will's been on twice. Aaron's been on twice. Will. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never hear that because he doesn't even listen to us. Doesn't care. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a fun way to start this off. Yeah, you're probably tickled right now that I even said that. Oh, my goodness. Will Cates does not catch as big a fish as Rick Cates does. True story. <laughs> That's a bait because now your parents are going to tell him and he'll have to listen. <laughs> All right, we got to start this off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are talking about a couple different things today. Main one being, uh, Chris, you just got back from archery stuff that I'm not aware of. Yes. So I was arching in Kentucky with an archery bow. Uh, <laughs> we were down in Wilmore for the Spring Nationals. Um, I want to say that it's the Bluegrass Sportsman's Club. That is correct. Okay, thank God. Because I always get them and the other one at Mammoth Cave confused. The only reason I know is because uh, a guy named Cody Bush posted a picture of him, huh, cool. uh, I think, on a po- on a podium or something like that yeah. Yeah. from that same thing. I don't a, know what class he shot. A guy named Cody Bush. He's literally in our group. I know. But he's not like, he's on the page. Like, I don't know him personally. <laughs> well, well, he's in the uh, the elite thread. Ah. Um, so he's like technically on like the team or whatever you want to say. I'm not on that thread anymore. Oh, right. So I know. So <laughs> anywho, I was arching in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky, Spring Nationals. Um, I was not able to go there Friday. Not that it would have really made a difference. It was pretty windy on Friday. We got down there Saturday morning, left super early with all the intentions in the world to film the entire thing. Well, we get down there, and I had some targets to deliver to people, and uh, man, it started raining. And Mother Nature was quite, quite cruel. She, um, she'd rain on us for a little while, and then it'd stop, so we'd put the umbrellas away, dry our stuff off a little bit, and then it'd start raining again, and it was just... It was a very, very difficult day. Uh, For those that don't know, I've made a large jump into a class that um, is a definite confidence killer if you are not on your game. And so you have lenses in your peep sight and in your scope, your sight housing. Um, You have a clarifier in the peep sight that helps you to see through 
whatever certain power lens you have in your scope. So is this like going from like a basic sight that you have on your shotgun to a like scope. A, like a scope yeah. that you would have on a rifle? Yes. So like you can see farther with this thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now me being uneducated about that with everybody else who's uneducated about that. <laughs> great, right? Because you can see more. Right. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, this, this sounds guess, like it's a nice thing. Guess what else you can see? Your movement. This. <laughs> zoom, zoom your rifle all the way in and then try to aim at something at, you know, 100 yards or something. Like, yes, you can see things as they pass by. <laughs> it's all about the speed of the drive-by. So it's very difficult and it's crazy. Um, I, I kind of knew this already, but a few people have mentioned to me when I set my bow up to hunt with it and just have pins and no, um, no lenses or anything, yeah. my, I won't see my pins moving and like, it'll look like I'm holding rock steady really because you're used to all that movement and then you don't see it. And plus when you see that movement, you're working in your tiny little stabilizer muscles and all the things Josh knows. Um, <laughs> if you want to shout out some science at us. Yeah. Working your rotator cuff muscles. Right. It's just That's hyper-focusing for you cool. on your form, Let essentially. Let me get like a scientific name here. Oh. Deltoids or... Latissimus dorsi. <laughs> the, the rotator cuffs? There, there are four. My your supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and subscapularis. Okay. There we go. Thank you, God. <laughs> All I want is a doctor. <laughs> so, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's a tough jump, and Saturday we learned what it was like to have water and fog all over your lenses. It's zero fun. It's very difficult. You go from being able to see to not being able to see, and you're still trying to shoot. And you can't just, like, take this stuff out because it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It changes your sight. It changes your uh, point of impact and everything. So, And you probably can't, like, wipe it off because it's a you, peep sight that's... So, this so the big. peep sight is tough. I, I learned, I, I thought of some ways to um, do a little better than that, uh, at that. I'm going, so you have the little uh, microfiber cloths. Yeah. But to get into that peep sight, man, and my, I have a big peep sight. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's guys that have, I mean, it looks like Tiny. a damn large needle hole going through the peep. And you're like, how do you see? So I am going to take my microfiber and I'm going to take a small Q-tip and maybe pull some bits of cotton off of it to make it smaller mm-hmm. to get in there. But honestly, I mean, you know, as well as I do from hunting and this stuff, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You're still going to have fog and, yep. and all that stuff stuck on there a little bit. So it's very, it, until you get out of the elements, it's tough to beat it 100%. So it poured all day on Saturday and we were going to shoot, all 40 targets because Luke and I were like, hey, let's shoot all 40 and then we'll go to Kentucky and scout in the morning and then you can get home early and I'll be home early and we'll all live happily ever after. So, well, Mother Nature stuck her muddle, bleh, middle finger up her butt. I can't talk today. It's, it's, I'm telling you. It's the turkey. It's yeah. not the turkey. It's the coffee still from this morning. I'm Jack. So... We were gonna we were gonna do the forty, and then we were like, "Man, there's just there is no way we should shoot in this." And I'm very very glad we didn't. Mm-hmm. We left, went home. Well, we actually went out to dinner uh, with a gentleman that we've known from the page for mm-hmm. forever. I've known him since 2017. Oh, okay, since I started it, but I never met him. Really? He worked for Scott Archery and put me on his staff, and then when Scott we'll call it did what they did mm-hmm. and left Kentucky. Yes, they did. Um, he joined Scott's grandson. I was going to say they started so, a new business, so right? B3. B3. So Joe, uh, Joe Scott, Joe Scott yeah. is his grandson. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've, I've met Joe once. Okay. Um, so Marty, um, he ended up buying a target from us. Shameless plug, little giants, archery targets, <laughs> buy one today. Uh, they're amazing. So seriously hit me up. Um, he bought a target from us. We went out to dinner 
We actually went to Hooters. I remember their wings being pretty good. Not so grand. Yeah, what Hooters did you go to? Yeah. I've never was... been to a Hooters where they had good wings. Um, I can't remember. Dude, I hadn't been to a Hooters since like... 2007. So here's a, here's six. here's the secret about like Hooters. If you don't like, is it the breading stuff that you don't like about it? I don't know. Honestly, the, the last time I went to Hooters was probably when Chris just said, and I was like 12, and my father took me. <laughs> <laughs> we literally left in the middle of dinner because the wings were so bad. So you can get their wings without the breading on them, where they're just fried wings. And I mean, it, those are for those of you that don't like the breading on their wings. You can do this. They're just called naked wings. And you say, I want naked wings. But when I was in college... I don't go there for the naked wings. Well, I don't think that you do either. I don't think a lot of people go to Hooters for the wings. That's kind of my point. But when I was in college, we used to, for a rush event for our fraternity, we would do um, a road trip to either Lexington or Huntington, West Virginia. And they had all-you-can-eat wing nights there. Well, I was at the Hooters in Lexington. Okay. <laughs> and you could, you could get all-you-could-eat wings there for like ten ninety nine. Okay. I can remember, I ate seventy five there one night. No way. As swear, swear, um, hit a raccoon with my Jetta on the way back <laughs> to Morehead too. Um, but my buddy Josh ate one hundred and thirty five wings. Not the Josh that's sitting with us. Yeah, because you didn't know him. Yeah, because I didn't know him back then. <laughs> but um, one hundred and thirty five wings in one setting. It it was it was the. Are you okay? Were you pretty drunk that night? No, not a thing to drink. Do you know how many wings is 135 wings? I swear. 135 wings. I swear (laughs) on everything. 135 wings. I watched him do it. It was the second grossest display of eating I've ever seen in my life. Second being your brother. Uh, no, actually. So the first gross, grossest thing was part, well, was part of this. Um, he and my cousins decided to do a, um, skyline chili three-way challenge to see who could eat three large three ways the fastest. It, oh, it, was, it sounds good and gross at the same time. It, it it was it was one of those things where you're like, I really want to see this how this turns out, and then you watch, you're like, I really wish I didn't see that. <laughs> um, there's just like noodles and chili everywhere, and like uh, then you realize they've just eaten basically three thousand calories easily <laughs> each, um, and it it was just one gross display of human like eating at the Milford skyline that day. Do you ever feel weird after you eat a Chipotle burrito? Like you look at how big it is and Mm -hmm. then when it's gone, you're like, that's in my (laughs) belly right now. So I get the bowl anymore because, because like my head, like that's easier for me to eat versus eating that. And I'm like, I don't feel as bad if I eat it out of a bowl. (laughs) Even though they can put more in the bowl. (laughs) Exactly. But you went and had dinner with this uh, gentleman. Went and had dinner with the gentleman. Uh, Marty Cecil, great dude. Um, got to meet him and his fiance, and another guy joined us, Josh Trollinger. Oh, us. okay. He came from Missouri and shot the IBO Spring Nationals, and uh, he bought targets as well. He bought four targets, and that was one of the reasons he came. But he wanted nice. to try out an IBO. He'd never shot one. He's an ASA guy. He's um, he's a uh, unknown yardage semi pro in the ASA, ASA Archery Shooters nice. Association. So um, it was really cool to meet him. He's just stupid knowledgeable, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, the He's guy... He's always dropping archery bomb knowledge. Oh, he drops chat. knowledge on us constantly with archery, <laughs> saddle hunting, hunting, you name it. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty talented dude. He's really cool. So uh, we, we had dinner, got home pretty late, and I, I think we probably spent as much time taking our stuff out of the vehicle and unpacking mm-hmm. it and drying it all off as we did driving back from Wilmore, Kentucky. Oh, jeez. Like, I think I got to bed that night at like 11.30, and then we woke up at 4.30, and we're right back at it. How, how, how far is Wilmore from your door? So the shoot, I don't know about Wilmore, but the shoot was about 2.15 to 2.30. Okay. So it's not bad, but it's just... But at 4.30 in the morning when you're driving there, it's like... Oh, dude. So let me tell you how tired I was. This is how I know that I was tired other than knowing it. I (laughs) told my wife when I got home, I was like, I'm so excited to sleep in our bed tonight. And she's like, 
honey, you slept in our bed last our bed last night. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I did. <laughs> but I was I was dog. I don't know how I shot as well as I did the next day because mm-hmm. I was exhausted. So uh, we got there. It was cold. The winds were gusting. It was like a November day, basically. About, yeah, it was pretty cold. About fifty degrees on or so, Saturday uh, for a high. <laughs> Um, very, very overcast, and the winds were gusting pretty good. I mean, it was... Now, did you guys get all the rain down there? No, not not on Sunday. On Saturday, it poured. Okay, yeah. But on Sunday, it kept sprinkling off and on, and I yeah. got... I probably felt like 50 raindrops, mm-hmm. and one of those 50 raindrops got on my, on my <laughs> lens, and I'm like, dang it. So, um, we... We had a rough first day. Well, I had a rough first day, and Luke shot rough to start and then really saved it on the first 20. We got there, and I think I went 10, 10, 11, 11, 11, 11, 10, 10, Mm -hmm. and then 8, 8. And I'm like, God. But, I I mean, I finished even on the the first 10 of the day, Mm -hmm. and then I did the same freaking thing the next go-around. I didn't get four in a row, but I hit four Xs, which... To give you guys an idea, I hit three X's the entire day on 20 targets the day before. And then I hit eight the next day. And I even said in my head, I said, if I can hit somewhere in that even area, Mm -hmm. I'd prefer to be up. My goal, my ultimate goal was to climb back into the 90s. I was sitting on pace to shoot an 88. And so, which is a 388, that would be 12, or excuse me, that would be the equivalent of 12 over par for all of you that don't know archery but do know golf. So a 400 would be par even. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you hear us 12 say over even, or 12 under par? So so when you're down, it would be like 12 over in golf. Yeah, that's why. Because what I, being but, over is bad. But, but you being, said you were 12 over. So you, did you mean 12 under? Well, yeah. I, I was okay. 12 down, but I was trying to put it in context for oh, people okay. who don't understand. So I, I was... On pace to shoot 12 down, which was the equivalent of 12 over in golf. Okay. So, um, my ultimate goal was to climb back into the 90s, which would mean that I would have to shoot really well the next day. I would have to stay pretty clean and or take a decent amount of X's. I would need to shoot basically three up the next Mm -hmm. day, which would be like three under par. So, um, I didn't achieve that. But I did shoot even, and my X count was as high, the highest that I'd hoped it'd be. I mean, I always hope for perfect, but mm-hmm. the realist in me said, if I could shoot eight Xs, that's almost half. That's pretty good. I mean, when you can basically shoot an X, a bullseye, on every other target, yeah. that's very, very good. So, and, and that's good for hunter class. You step back to MBO, man, not a lot of people hitting... 17, 18 X's. No. Uh, in hunter class, you see people doing 20, 22, 24, 26, but they'll hit a couple eights, you know, and mm-hmm. knock them down a little bit. So um, I was pretty excited. I cracked into the top 10 and only my second shoot, uh, you know, my second national as a open class guy. For those of you that don't know, there is pro, semi-pro, and then MBO. We're the... We're basically not an amateur class, but we're not a pro class either. We're, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't really know. We're just an open class, so um, you can use anything you want, basically. Yeah. So uh, was pretty pumped. Luke ended up in sixth. He had a a rough blunder that really, really cost him. He could have easily made second place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that he would have made first, but I also know. There's no way of knowing that simply because when you have so so Luke was letting his bow down to reset everything to to he was canceling his shot so that he could redo it. He had been drawn too long, and when you do that, your vision starts to blur, especially when you use these lenses. Right. So everything will get blurry, and your eyes kind of go a little crazy after about six seconds of looking through there and aiming. So he went to let his bow down, and he uses a. Um, Silverback, hinge, right? A hinge release. No, oh, that'd okay. be a tension release. That's what he started in hunter class with. He went to a hinge release. I think it's a HBC 
true ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went to let down and he didn't rotate his release forward enough. When you come back with that. Oh yeah. That's one of those ones where you got to like yeah, you rotate turn the release. Yeah. yeah. And, and you get it to a certain point and then you just squeeze your shoulder blades and it sets the release off. And that's essentially how you consistently set off a release really well. Mm-hmm. Unless you're me. Thank you, Tim Gillingham, that sucker. <laughs> Drive by, baby. So, um, his bow fired, and he shot 97 feet over the target. And, Ew. yeah, lost his arrow and uh, took a blank. That's a zero. So, so you can imagine, I, I want to say he probably had, well, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 X's by then, we'll say. And all of those are gone. In fact, I think he, he had nine. So I think it put him like one down or something. And then he had a couple other blunders, but I mean, he could have finished second at least. Yeah, that's rough. So really, really, really rough. But um, we both cracked into the top 10, which is, you know, I think it's a lot bigger for me than it is for him. He's mm-hmm. he's a really good, consistent shooter. Um, but to both do that, at only our second MBO, you know, national shoot, we were pretty excited. Well, good. I mean, that's still pretty awesome. Like, I mean, you can't you can't win them all. It'd be nice if you could, but you know, yeah. realistically, when you look at how you guys did, that's the first or second big shoot that you guys have done. Yeah. Um, in this is one that was in garbage weather conditions because I Terrible. was. I mean, I was down there. <clears throat> wasn't at there. I was at Cumberland and. Friday, absolutely gorgeous day. Yep. Saturday, you... Trash. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Cold, wet, rain, fog, Mm -hmm. nothing, you know, nothing was going on. And then Sunday um, started nice out. And then all of a sudden, clouds move in, cold, rain, temperature dropped, probably a good 10, 12 degrees. And then you started having those wind gusts. And, you know, that, that was from... Down there, all the way to Northern Kentucky, it, it was it was just gross. And you know, I I told them, uh, <clears throat> what a great strategy, Chris. <laughs> I was like, we should go shoot in the woods on Saturday. That'll protect us from some of that evil rain. <laughs> well, guess where we shot on day two with the wind in the wide open fields, uh... and you guys will see it. I mean, we took a few videos to show. Um, Luke had his umbrella get inverted. I was wondering if that's what happened. I'm sitting there looking at the picture that you showed me and I'm like, why is that look like a, like life touch, like light thing behind (laughs) him? It was inverted by the wind. Um, (laughs) Insert Top Gun inverted meme. Inverted. (laughs) Well, you see, we were inverted. Inverted. (laughs) Tell us more about the mix. So... I hope somebody appreciates that. I'm counting on you, Mike. <laughs> so, um, it was very windy. We shot in the wide open and, uh, just like you said, super, super <clears throat> tough conditions that are not ideal for long bars, lenses, you know, those long stabilizers catch that mm-hmm. wind. And I'm telling you, like, you don't just come off the entire animal. Like you're aiming at 12 o'clock. And it brings you to 10, 30, 10 o'clock, something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. or whatever, 2 o'clock. And, and there's times where it gets worse. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, and it's not good for confidence. Um, when you're trying to shoot a bow at a high level, setting that release off can be everything. Mm-hmm. And you do not set a release off if there's a doubt in your mind. Because you're, right. you're telling, your, I mean, it's so mental. You're telling yourself, well, wait, hold on. And you're not pulling and doing what you should. But at the same rate, if you are doing that, you're going to shoot a damn locust tree somewhere mm-hmm. that isn't even close to the animal. So yeah. it's it's very tough. So it was fun. We got to shoot um, uh, with Eric Grippa, who's a yeah. world champion archer. Um, you know, we shot with another guy that was a semi-pro, Tom uh, Saxa. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. I think his wife's pretty good as well. Um, it was just a fun day to, uh, a fun weekend, really. I mean, 
And, and that's the thing, too. I probably sound like I'm complaining about all this weather and everything, but I will say, when you go through shoots like that that are very tough due to terrain or weather or whatever, you always remember those over everything else, and those are the right. most fun. Right. Um, so, but anywho, that's how that went. Um, shout out to Cody Bush for uh, finishing third in BBO. Shane, yeah. Or excuse me, second in BBO. And oh. then Shane West finished first. Uh, Michael Harper shot seven up uh, in hunter class. Yeah. And really? He finished first. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think uh, as long as he'll still have us, or they'll <laughs> still have us, uh, our national uh, triple crown teammates yeah. finished first and fourth. Nice. So one, two, four, nine, nine. is not a bad set of one, numbers. One, two, four, nine. Yeah. Or, no, no, sorry. Not one, one two. One, four, I really six, screwed nine. that up. One, four, six, nine. Mino County. Um, <laughs> but those are, the, I mean, if that was a triple crown shoot, those would be amazing numbers to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, because the odds of the other guys being two, three, five, you know, whatever. Yeah. Are astronomical. So, so what happens after this? Like, what's the next? The, the next first one leg, is right? Pipestem, West Virginia. It's the first leg of the Triple Crown, which is the three-shoot yeah. national championship. Okay. And how that works, they call the first leg the, the first jewel, mm-hmm. and that's a shoot in and of itself, and you can win it, but they take to the totals from all three shoots and add them up, and that's your national championship. Okay, that's what I thought. And then after that, there'll be Worlds, so... um. We have the the first leg in Pipestem, West Virginia, mm-hmm. at their state park, and uh, man, you talk about terrain. Yeah, up and down, oh, up and down. Dude. Well, not being yeah, able to see targets, but you won't have as much up and down as you will side hill. And what happens with that? Um, a lot of people that are just your average backyard archer that don't compete mm-hmm. don't understand that little bubble in their level, right? And they think that that just comes like level on the site. And there's actually things you have to do called your first, second, and third, third axis, axis leveling to get that perfect and level to the plane of the earth or whatever. Remy Warren talked about this yeah. oh, with dude. hunting mule deer out yeah. west. Oh. And he, and he mm-hmm. said, like, he goes, the best thing that you can do sometimes is shoot, like, off, like, on slants and that kind of yes. stuff. So you start getting used to bending at the waist but you might be bending at the waist and leaning forward a little bit because you're going to have to keep your bow steady and keep it level enough so you're not like you might be thinking oh it's a 20 yard shot but you send an arrow over its back but you didn't account for the fact like oh yeah i am on a you know grade that's like this yeah. a 40 a 40 so, degree so that grade. would be so that would be your cut you would yeah. cut yardage so what your bubble has to do with is you're basically, if it's not perfectly level, mm-hmm. you're not level to the earth. Right. So what happens is, is you'll be shooting up, down, or even across the hill. Like if you're standing on the side of the mountain, shooting along mm-hmm. the side of the mountain, what happens is you go to draw your bow and let's say the top part of the hill, the top of the mountain mm-hmm. is on your right and the bottom of the mountain is on your left. You would actually draw your bow with the top cam tilted way towards the top of the mountain. That way, when you come down, your bubble will level itself out. Otherwise, if you just draw straight, dang it, I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry <laughs> if people can hear that. If you just draw straight, I'm drawing right now, by the way. If you draw straight out like you normally would on flat ground at home, your bubble will be buried into the side of that yeah. hill. It is crazy. and. You can't imagine how many really good competition archers like refuse to learn that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, um, and and that will affect your left and right, not really so much your up and down. Up and down, yeah. You, and and they call it getting bubbled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know when you got bubbled too, because you're like a, a you shoot it in the you shoot it in the rear versus all, the middle. All, <laughs> dude, you shoot him. You gut shoot him right in front of the ham, or you shoot him way out in front in the mm-hmm. shoulder or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, so that a lot of times when people wound an animal and they're wondering, man, what happened? That's what happened. Yeah. Cause it's from a tree. It's, it's all it's about angles. Yep. It's, it's from a tree and that's where your, your level really comes into play there. Mm-hmm. So, um, going to be a lot of terrain there. 
Um, and if there's any kind of moisture, which lots of times there is, if it rains, footing is horrendous. Yeah. Because you're on the side of a mountain and it's muddy. So. Well, hopefully it doesn't rain and hopefully you guys have a good shoot and that it's, you know, looking forward to it. I mean, that that is uh, when? Like one month? Like it's in May, right? Yeah. May or June? It's uh, May... 14th through the 16th? Mm, I want to say 12th through 14th, something like that. Damn. It's around there. It's, yeah. a, it's in our calendar because Rick, Rick put it in there for you. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> so let's see here. It is the... 13th through the 16th? Mm-hmm. Is this right? I believe so. That's yes. what you told me. Okay. Yeah, 13th through 16th. Because I think you... I don't think you can shoot on Thursday, though. I think you can just register and practice. Yeah. But either way, that's when it is. Um, it's generally the third weekend in May, which just kills my soul because <clears throat> that's turkey season. IBO, you need to have that one week later. <laughs> But anyway. So transitioning, segueing into what is important to all of us right at this table is turkeys. And by the time that this gets released, we will have hunted opening for two days, days, uh, opening weekend of Kentucky. And it's it's here. It's finally here after the long layoff of um, hunting opportunities. That uh, we haven't got to take well, some op- had opportunities. Some, some but, did, but some others did. were wrong. We intend <laughs> Kentucky DNR. Your turkey population's about to dip. <laughs> well, that, that's what's funny is that the turkey coordinator uh, came out and said that there was an, actually a seven percent increase on turkey kill last year, even without all the out of state hunters. So wow. it it went up. And then on top of that, you had brood populations go up too. So they're saying that not like this year is going to be good. Next year is going to be like even better. Like your your one year old yeah. birds are going to be two year olds next year, and it's going to be you know turkeys everywhere. So oh, yeah, especially with brood X. Well, yeah, I mean yeah. That, you're you're going to have just crap tons of. Protein and food yeah. and everything out there for those turkeys, and it's it's going to just be. Are y'all mu- referring to the cicadas? The cicadas, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I mean, a lot of people talk about the turkey numbers dipping in Ohio too, and I can tell you right now, as long as we don't have a bunch of wet weather and we mm-hmm. get them hatched out, ooh, the last time we had a really really good uh, cicada hatch or yeah. whatever the hell they do come yeah. from underground or whatever. Um, that would have been 2008 mm-hmm. and 2010. Nuts. I've never heard gobbling like that. I mean, they, you'd have thought there was a gobbler in every other tree, dude. It was crazy. And that was my father-in-law's first year turkey hunting. So he expected that. Jeez, and Pete's. He was severely disappointed. It's like the kid who kills like the monster deer his yeah. first time out, and it's like I was like, man, you, you peaked your first year. Yeah, I was like, uh, Greg, that's probably not going to ever happen again in our yeah. lives. Um, but it was fun. So yeah, we're we're all fired up about uh, turkey hunting, and I'm actually going to turn this over to Josh and let him talk because he said four words the whole time. <laughs> the the, re- the, re- <laughs> the reason why we're letting him talk is because. Um, because we're allowing you to talk. <laughs> um, it, uh, <laughs> um, e-scouting like you, you have been on this like repeatedly about, you know, you're moving to Kentucky. You've started e-scouting. You have like been all over this. So I, I, I kind of want you to give a little bit of background on, um, what you see versus what you get. Mm-hmm. Like you have these expectations kind of when you go into it and you're like, when you get there and I'm not just talking about topo lines, I'm talking about like, <laughs> Oh, this looks great. And then it's not. <laughs> yeah. So not last podcast, but the podcast before I was on and we kind of discussed uh, me uh, becoming a Kentucky resident, which I have, well, by the time this released Kentucky opener will have happened. So this is, this is an odd time where I'm recording on a Monday here, the Monday before the opener. 
and I purchased my license the other day. Um, so I've been e-scouting pretty hard because in Kentucky I only have access to public land. And um, last podcast we talked about going to that one WMA mm-hmm. and getting some boots on the ground. Yeah. Um, we did a little bit of turkey scouting, right, and then some deer scouting. Yeah. But just on a map, so looking at on X, it's a smaller piece, but it looked like there were a couple potential open fields on some ridge tops. I'm like, oh, okay, this looks like potential turkey habitat, right? There's there's creeks around, some ridge tops, right, open fields. But then we actually get there, and we go to some of these <laughs> open areas, and it's thick as can be it's like the exact opposite of prime turkey habitat it's just briars everywhere super thick i mean potentially great potentially great deer cover yeah deer. i mean really great deer cover but as far as turkey goes i'm like well they're not going to be in this field because they there's briars up to my chest like yeah i'm not gonna be able to see anything in here um so yeah, I guess that's kind of to your point. Like you can do all the e scouting that you want, and 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 some in some cases, right? You can you can tell the the fields that are you know very open, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes you'll get fields that that look open and look real good, and then you get boots on the ground, and it's like, well, well, shoot, you know, this is grasses chest high, like you can't see anything in here, like mm-hmm. turkeys aren't really going to be here, so right. E-scouting has its place, and it's definitely something that should be done to at least, you know, get you started, especially with a new place, right? Like, I'm starting brand yeah. new in Kentucky, so that's where I'm starting is with my e-scouting. But boots on the ground are just super important. It, it's super valuable in the sense that you're not ever going to know unless you go there. So there's yeah. plenty of guys. Um, I ran into a guy, uh, actually, at the one that I took you to. He pulled it up on a map, and he was from Indiana, and he's like, I, he goes, oh, it's just on my way back home when I come over here, so I figured I'd stop by and take a look at it, because it looked like it was super open, and I kind of looked at him when he told me, I told him that, uh, he told me that, and I'm like, all right, man, like, go ahead and go look, I don't, like, I don't know what your idea of open is, but, like, this ain't it, and he just kind of looked at me funny, I'm just like, like go go ahead and walk like the the pathways are are cut but that's about it like you know you get into some of these areas <clears throat> and we we've been discussing this pretty regularly is that when you go to a place that has one place to walk in at the likelihood of stuff being like manicured or you know cut back goes down exponentially and if it is um, it's only going to be cut back to a certain point uh, because they're they're doing that for the resource to be there, not necessarily for the hunter to. I mean, they they want the hunter to take advantage of the resource, but they're not going to spend tons and tons of time unless, like, you look. And I'm not telling a secret to anybody here because it's listed on the KW uh, Kentucky website, Lloyd. Um, uh, does dove fields that are draw only like they're they're draw only fields and like they're like when you go there at first and you're looking like man these would be great turkey fields and then you look at it and it's like they're not they're awful like it's, it's like <laughs> that might be where the hens nest it might be yeah. where the hens nest but it's it's like it's it's just it's not good and it's only that way um when it's dove season like you go there and you're like, man, this would be great. And then you go there and you're talking, you're like, this is God awful. <laughs> um, and, and then you're like, well, I got to go back and retool everything that I thought I saw on a map. And yeah. it, it it's just does so much better. Like, don't get me wrong. I think e-scouting is great. It's, it's changed how a lot of people do things. It's helped people a lot with going out West. It's helped people locate a lot of cool stuff at the same time though you can't beat just going to a place and making sure. So, I mean, I say that to say this is that you'll see a lot of guys on pages and that kind of stuff um, saying, you know, well, has anyone hunted here? Has anyone hunted there? And the biggest thing I can say is to those guys, like, go look like you, I think I said this last week, referencing you. It was like I, I told you, I took you to the place. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you where I caught, where I found the birds at. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> I, like I listened to that. Podcast. Well, I mean, it, 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 
it's one of those things that when when people do that, I feel like you're selling yourself short as an individual because if you learn something better, you're going to figure out how it's going to work best for you because what the way that I hunt may not be the best way for you to hunt. Mm -hmm. And I've been to plenty of places where guys have said, there's no deer here. There's no birds here. There's no, and like, I'll go there and I'm like, well, there's rubs here. There's beds here. There's scrapes here. Like, like, what are you doing? It's like, Oh, well you put your tree stand up like five feet away from the, from the parking spot. Of course there's no, no deer here. (laughs) Like you have to walk to get to certain places. And I, I, I just think that if if you're doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice. And especially um, this, I don't even feel like this happens that much in the, in the hunting world. It happens a lot in the fishing world where people will say, what'd you catch it on? Where'd you catch it at? How'd mm-hmm. you do it? What'd you do? What was the water temp? Ba, 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 ba. And they'll like run down the, the, like the whole gambit of questions. And it's like, how about you go out and like throw a bait in the water and find out for yourself? Like, it's okay to get like an idea and say, how are the fish biting? They're biting. Okay. Like it's, it's like, it's a big lake. Go fish it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't know if you want to fish for catfish. I don't know if you want to fish for bass or a bluegill or whatever. Um, I learned this weekend that a lake that I really like has awful crappie fishing unless you're <laughs> planning on fishing 20 feet down in the water column when it's uh when it's flooded. So you 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 don't know those things um unless you go look for them. Yeah. I I think you're really doing yourself a disservice if you're not putting in the work yourself and learning from it. There's a lot to be said about just you know, boots on the ground, figuring things out for yourself, you know, learning the, the woodsmanship and, and different things like that. And I'm not, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I, I think I said last podcast, I'm fairly new to public land hunting and technically I have not, I have filmed some mm-hmm. of our teammates on public land. I have not taken a weapon to actually physically hunt so, on public. So this weekend will be like your first time doing that. Yes. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't, Chris, I didn't have a gun last year when we went hunted public in Ohio. No. I filmed. Well, technically you had a gun. I just carried it some. Because um, <laughs> I didn't hunt that. I was just calling. Um, oh, that's but, true. But generally, um, we were up there basically for Luke and yeah. fight the meth yeah. head and <laughs> all that. Um if you're having meth head problems, call me. Um, we we didn't really hunt a lot. We were mainly calling, but uh, I told Josh he could use my gun, and then at one point I ended up carrying it because it went on to my... I'm a weirdo. I carry an elk pack when I turkey hunt because a turkey fits in it nicely, <laughs> and anything I need goes in there, and mm-hmm. if I want to carry lunch for three days and two days worth of water, it goes in. I need anything I need goes in that pack so i just strapped it on there so we should probably talk about this too like getting away from e-scouting but talking about turkey we have a bet oh yes we ha- we have <laughs> okay he wants to bring that up on the podcast <laughs> we we have we have a bet public. <laughs> we, we have a bet um because i feel like that this is something that people need to know about i think it's a good bet and i yes. think it's going to show uh, two different hunting styles. I really do. I think that it's going to show. So, so for the bet, um, Chris, <laughs> it, it is, <laughs> it is Chris and Luke, uh, are going to be on a a two man team. I want I want you to say verses, Ver- versing verses, <laughs> myself and Josh. Okay. Um. So, th- this is going to be. Uh, whoever we decided like whoever kills two birds so first here's no it, it's not about first it's about the weekend it's about the weekend mm-hmm. so basically a weigh in like fish it's not who catches the fish first it's what's everybody got so obviously two birds beat one, one. unless unless you kill a big bird and the other dudes <laughs> kill two jakes or yeah. something that are tiny but um which i mean We're I, bearded I, I say i say what we do and this might be how they score birds. I really don't know how to score a bird, but 
I say we take the weight mm-hmm. and the inches in spurs Burs and, and beards. beards. Yep. And each inch and each pound counts as one. So, yeah. which is how they score a twenty. Yep. Okay, a twenty-pound bird gets you twenty points. Yep. And then a ten-inch beard gets you ten more points, and so on and so forth. And we'll we'll count the the fractions, decimals, mm-hmm. whatever. So we'll do it that way. Yep. Um. So it, but I mean, I don't want to dream this big, but I do. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a potential of eight birds being killed. Yes, we are. I mean that, guys. That's shitload of birds. Yeah. So, um, no pressure. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll do it that way. And um, I've got a scale in the garage there. I'm sure you have a mm-hmm. fishing scale. I do. Uh, set of scales. I apologize. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we have dinner and drinks now. What are our? What, what do we want to limit this yeah, to? Do we want to set I, a price point? Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> what I don't want. It, you know what we ought to do is just say screw it and say. Dinner and drinks for the other two at Buena Braza. No. <laughs> Dinner no. and a drink. Yeah. Luke said One. if you guys lose, it's what, Bush Latte and McDonald's? <laughs> McDonald's and Bush Latte. Um, no, I, I, I think we keep it in reason. I'm not going to, like, if Luke says I want a steak, I'm not going to take him to the precinct. I'm going to take no. him somewhere where it's a reasonably priced steak. Um, but it's also not going to be peacock's diner over so, near the airport so what would you consider reasonable like obviously longhorn and texas roadhouse but can we go a little better or not so um what's the word i'm looking for here chain chaney yeah and i don't I mean, mean dick <laughs> but i mean you could do blinkers yeah that's that's Nicer, definitely nicer than like a Texas Roadhouse or a Longhorn, but not like Precinct or Jeff so the, Ruby's. So Although they be, get their steaks from the same place. Yeah, their steaks from so, the same so place. So where is this place in Kentucky? I Coving- Covington. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll do something like that. The only thing we got to be careful of, though, is like Luke's got to go home. So we got to go somewhere yeah, where we don't lives, have to drive away the heck out of the way. Luke's driving nearly four hours. Yeah. He, so... We'll Here, give him a gift here's, card. Here's my... <laughs> he gets a gift card and we're getting drunk. Well, he, <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday night. Here, here, here's my suggestion. Okay. Um, I say we do it um, Saturday. Like, we we, we just do... We just opening do, day? We just do opening, opening day. day. We just do opening day. That, that just Just for the fact... Well, that takes our eight so birds we down can, to four that birds. takes eight birds yeah. down to four birds. I feel like that, that makes it more reasonable. And um, we can go... Correct, yeah. and we can go to dinner that night. Yeah, have a couple of drinks and yeah. let loose a little bit. Yeah, that way at eight thirty at night or whatever it is, we're like dead, <laughs> and then we go to dinner, <laughs> and then we go home and sleep for three hours and get up, get up again because we will well, beat all of you to the dummy. Well, <laughs> you know I mean? well, you guys will. I'm not. I got. I'm not going to be there that next morning. All that. And ladies and gentlemen, you've just figured out why he doesn't care about Sunday. If well, you, also, if you just sit and wait, he will come. <laughs> he will get there. Well, but also to be fair, I feel like a full day of hunting, like we're gonna, like we're gonna want to sit down, talk about everything, have dinner, and I feel sure. like that that is like a good cap end of the we day. We should podcast yeah. at dinner. That would be nice. We, I mean, we could we, we could look we at get some that. looks. Yeah. Oh. We could interview the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, what did you think about our incredible shots or not? Are not shots. I How cool are we? I wasn't there. That's not what I'm asking you right now. Answer me now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, good deal. So so it's a bet. So yeah. you all heard it here. Yep. We will uh we will definitely let you all know through pictures or we we'll, I mean we're definitely going to break down the weekend. Oh well, yeah, well well, when this is released, the Monday when after the opener. When you see one of us go live, just hop on there and <laughs> pray to God that it's not me and Luke. <laughs> because well, they they should technically know the result by the time they hear this, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, like to be fair, if you go live, like I don't want a situation where 
like I ran into with you with losing a dollar to you for the fish where I thought I had you beat with that bass and then you sandbagged me with a striper <laughs> and like me and like if me and Josh kill two birds and we don't go live and you're and you're sitting there <laughs> waving turkeys around and we're well, like <laughs> the thing is is I don't say that because I don't want people to not want us to win or anything it's just that I don't think so I feel like I've cleaned myself up a little bit online, mm-hmm. and Luke does a pretty good job at fooling people <laughs> into thinking that he's not as immature as me. I'm going to cuss here. Don't edit this. <laughs> Nobody talks shit better than me and Luke, and we constantly do it. Every once in a while, people get good jabs in on us. I'm not saying that, but if you ever met two people like us then you'd want to kill them too <laughs> so we will talk i don't care how many turkeys you have <laughs> if me and luke double up i will go live and it'll be crazy i mean i hope you guys do double up yes. like this this isn't a bet like where i want like you guys to just like get decimated or anything like that i want i want for us oh, to all be same. successful yeah same and i think that that's that's part of the fun of this one oh, yeah. is that I really have a good feeling about this weekend and us all being on. I mean, no, no matter what, being on birds. Oh, absolutely. Um, because I know damn good and well, we're gonna well. we're gonna outhunt everyone where we're going yeah. because we're gonna stay there longer. Um, you know, your typical turkey hunter is done at noon. I I ain't got anything to do. Rick like, just set us up to literally not even see a bird the entire weekend. I mean, to be fair, we thought that was going to happen the last time yeah. that we went there, too, and saw a ton of birds. Well, I didn't think we were not going to see a bird. Right, but we you also... Did. You did. Yeah, well, yeah, hell yeah, I did, because... <laughs> thought this. Well, because when you're sitting there, I'm listening to birds all around me, and you're like, you, wanna, you don't want to hunt here? And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah I don't want to hunt here. So, and, and, th- and this year we're, you know... People can come from out of state, and it's going to be COVID free. So it'll it'll be an yeah. interesting first weekend for sure yes. um, at the place we're hunting. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, if you hunt there, and we talk to you over the weekend, uh, hope you had good luck. But I hope I had luck before you did. Yep, <laughs> or after, or after, yeah. or yeah. after, or after. during, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Don't walk through my decoy set, though. Yes. Oh, if that happens. <laughs> I feel like, well, I feel like you guys won't be with us. So. No, we won't. No, we won't we'll be in separate areas. They'll be in yeah. separate areas. I do feel like we should also preface that Luke and I, or Luke, Rick and I, our yeah, <laughs> turkey experience compared to you and Luke combined, there's a large difference. So, yeah. Do you want me to put that into better words for everyone? <laughs> sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're if, thinking pretty if hard. We, if we beat you, it'll be like the United States beating Russia yes. in the 1980 Olympics. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I mean, you, I'm not calling you a communist. Yeah. <laughs> We're commies now. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke and I have a lot of turkey hunting experience, and the the thing that we crack up on, and, you know, we always talk about this story, but when we hunted with Pierce. Mm-hmm. If somebody would have been there filming us all that day instead of me filming, mm-hmm. people would crack up. A crow would call, and we're all mid-stride, and you know we're on one leg, balancing to wait and hear what happens after that crow mm-hmm. call or mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, a head would break, a neck would break to the right, you know, mm-hmm. the head's looking over there and. Um, you know, all three or two out of three would hear a gobble and then we're all listening and just straining the heck out of our ears and, um, you hear the gobble and there's not even a, like, let's do the, it's, it literally was like gears of war, Mm -hmm. Turkey edition. We just took (laughs) off roll running through the woods Mm -hmm. and we're hunting down birds and we, uh, I know that a lot of luck played into this. I don't think we're the world's greatest turkey hunters, but to kill two birds on public land in a day and a... I mean, Luke killed his bird off the roost. Yeah. He almost killed a bird off the roost the day before. Right. But the little idiot saw his... um, Red dot. 
his red dot reflecting. And then I killed a bird right after. I mean, mm-hmm. we were just, we we're fortunate enough. It was the third week we were on birds that day until I think the last time we heard gobbles was like three thirty or something oh, wow. in the middle of the day, which is late. And when you get into that late in the season in Ohio, yeah, it's not, this isn't Kentucky where there's you're a bird mid, everywhere. You're talking mid late May. Yeah. This is uh this is the second week of May. Yeah. So, um, to, to, you know, bring that part to a close, Luke and I have killed quite a few birds and, uh, are very experienced. Josh, I think you've killed two, three. I have killed, uh, three Jake's. Okay. And I've never killed a Tom. Rick has killed. I have killed two Toms and a Jake. Two Toms and a Jake. Two Toms and a Jake. Are you sure? Because I thought it was two Jakes and a Tom. No. Okay. Two Toms Either way, and a Jake. I mean, so each of them killed three turkeys, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So I think I've one for a deck, one per decade. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, that's rough. I commend you. Yeah. <laughs> for sticking with it. Man, the gentleman on our page. Um, oh, I'm having a brain fart right now, but. He literally bow hunted for like 30 years or something. Oh, yeah. Um, and had never killed a deer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're a dog. Yeah. Like, keeping after it that long. And I mean, he got a little complaining and whatnot, but still, like, and he's hunting a freaking atrocious state in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania where there's people everywhere and the deer are way smaller and it's tough. I mean, God, I commend people that stick with it, but, uh, We've, I couldn't tell you how many birds I've, I've killed a lot of birds. Yeah. Um, long beards, Jake's, you name it. Uh, not a hen with a beard though. No, I've never killed a bearded hen. I think, well, I know I saw one and I think I had an opportunity to kill one one mm-hmm. spring, but I was just so scared to death that it was a feather that was ruffled or something. Yeah. yeah. And so, cause it was kind of sticking straight out from the chest and I was yep. like, Nah, we're not doing this. I'm not going to risk killing her and then ruining brood stock too. The brood, yeah, yeah. Better safe so, than sorry. Yeah. So I mean, would have made a cool mound or whatever if she was, but would have felt like a douche if she wasn't. And yeah. And the other one, uh, I could have bow killed her in the fall, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a tag, and I just didn't want to do that. Obviously. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, we're excited about our contest. Um, excited to open up turkey season. I can't speak for Rick or Josh, but I know for a fact that Luke and I would hunt turkeys for the rest of our lives and not even care about a deer or anything. Like we just, I mean, it's it's that. it's a hard choice. Like if if you said to me, like, what do you want to hunt like for the rest of your life? It, it's like, I love deer hunting. I love turkey. I mean, I don't know. The like, tough part for me is I don't get the food with a turkey that well, I get with the deer. Exactly. That, and that, the amount. That's, that's the biggest thing. But, like, again, like, if bar- barring that part of it, like, turkey hunting would be top two. Yeah. Um, the question for me would be, like, if bird hunting over a dog would be number one or not. Bird hunting over a dog? Bird hunting over okay. a dog. Might might be number one. Might Might be my favorite thing to do. Like okay. just, I absolutely love bird hunting. Well, maybe we'll have to take a trip this fall for one weekend. We we do. We we need and, we need to do something. And like go that. visit my uncle Kenny in Kansas, and hunt over his dogs for just two three days. Something yeah, like that. Um, he kills an inordinate amount of quail and pheasants in Kansas, mm-hmm. and Arkansas, and South Dakota, and Iowa, and all these places, and. Ugh. I went once and it was crazy. Yeah, it's like if you if if you're listening, and you've not ever done it. I highly suggest like finding somebody to take you bird hunting at least once. And I and I don't mean I mean you can if you want like go to you know a, a pheasant farm or a, or a place that does that kind of stuff. It's a different type of hunt, but mm-hmm. um, working over a, uh, having a dog work. In front Watching of you, dogs work walking is, dog dogs work is a completely um, different experience, and it it combines a lot of stuff that you have to be good at very quickly. Identifying what, especially if you're hunting pheasants, you know, is it a is it a cockbird? Is it a hen? Um, you know, is it 
you know, are you in your lane? Are you doing everything you need to be doing? Uh, it happens quickly, and it's it's just a lot of fun. So, I mean, I don't know. Closing thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, we'll let Josh lead this one off. <laughs> the guest goes first. Yeah, guest goes first. Uh, closing thoughts. So when this episode releases, it'll be the day after the Kentucky opener. So be sure to stay tuned and see who won the contest and if if you're listening to this and are also on the cha- uh, on our Facebook page if if you're not on the Facebook page right just look up Field by the Outdoors on Facebook and then hit join and uh, we'll be more than happy to accept you but answer the questions yes, when you do please, please so we can that. figure out you're not a bot <laughs> yep we have like Probably fifty to seventy bots a day. A day. Try oh, to join, it's and it's it's terrible. actually worse now. Like, yeah, yeah. It just keeps ramping up, and I don't know what whoever wants with getting a fake profile into our group. <laughs> Not sure, but um, information man, I, Inf- yeah, information mining. <laughs> they want to study the thermals, man. <laughs> Get that milkweed. Uh. But yeah, so if you're listening to this and you want to comment about our contest or poke fun at Rick and I or Chris and Luke, just blast us on the page, you know, say congrats or, hey, I enjoyed the podcast. Like, who won? Just ask questions. I just I just like the involvement on the page. It's fun to interact with everyone and get to know it people. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. man, it's led to some cool stuff. I mean, we, we'll be out hunting somewhere and and meet guys that have been on the page Mm -hmm. like uh spencer phillips he's been on the page since it started and we met him in nebraska and we met josh trollinger and marty cecil who have been around for a while and um i mean i'm hell i met josh because of the page yeah right i mean it's just it's crazy when you look at how small the world is because of the internet and um I agree with Josh. I, I encourage you to get involved uh, on the podcast, on the page, YouTube channel. We'll be filming all of this. We can't guarantee it'll be picturesque picturesque footage, but we'll do our best. Yep. Um, it will be very real. And uh, we should, um, the night this drops, I'm hoping, as long as Cade doesn't make his appearance, yeah, um, uh, we will be dropping the episode of spring nationals yes so so to be fair and to be clear as well um the bet is not going to take place if your unborn son makes an appearance um monday or saturday how noble of you (laughs) um monday I'm sorry. Yeah. Mon- this drops on mo- that Monday, yeah. okay. Friday or Saturday, yeah. or you know, anytime during this upcoming yeah. week. If I'm because, not able to go know, turkey hunting, if yeah, you're not able to. pretty much. No, if it's Sunday, we still had Saturday, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're darn right. That, that's that's the truth, and I would never back out of it or or allow anybody else out of it for yeah. that matter. Um, but yeah, highly encourage you guys to uh, you know ask questions. I, I talked to so many people. And they say, man, I wanted to post this or I wanted to ask that, but I didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to, you know, mess with me or, you know, whatever, or look like an idiot or whatever. And it's like, first off, we don't allow that. You Now, to be fair, if somebody posts something while we are out hunting, I'm sorry. We're hunting. We will get to it. But I yep. can assure you that if you ask a question that isn't where do you hunt, if you ask that we are going to get naughty on you. Um, I will do that myself. But if you're just asking a question, man, we'll do everything we can to help you tag the people that are, you know, specializing in the field that you need help in or whatever. Yeah. And if anybody bashes you, they'll just simply be gone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're always um, offering help and encouraging others. So, um, you know, we encourage you to do the same out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, closing thoughts for me, if you have the ability to please take somebody new into the outdoors, whether it is this Turkey season or the following, uh, on May the 15th, small game season or 
spring squirrel opens in Kentucky too. So remember that. Yeah, follow my example. Me and Luke are doing that for Rick and Josh this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's your one. Um, get get someone new out in the outdoors this year. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's it's good to be a mentor to help people learn. Um, also, just kind of conservation wise, um, I know we talked about killing eight turkeys. Um, realistically, don't go to one WMA or one place and kill like like if if you don't have to go to one place to kill two birds. Try, try to diversify, yeah. like learn something new. If you know you got a gimme or a layup and you're going to go and you, you've got a crack shot and kill a turkey on your first shot every time, go go to your layup spot, but then try to do something a little bit harder. Um, go to a different WMA. Look at something a little bit ch- more challenging. Um, you know, you, use your e-scouting and get boots on the ground to go look at a place. You know, uh, you're not going to learn anything if you don't try. So yep. Agreed. All right. Well, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert, and we've been joined tonight by Josh Luck. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you very much for having me back on. And we will talk to you later, and hopefully you'll see the results of the bet and who won that following day. So see you later, guys. Bye. See you. See you. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.